Derek and Mike podcast. Welcome to the show. Thanks so much for joining us. We really appreciate you being here. You can hit us up on Twitter at Derek and Mike Pod. We're on Instagram as Derek and Mike, or on the website DerekandMike.com. My name is Mike. This is my boy Derek. Oh shit! What's up, Mike? What's up, everybody? God damn! It is so good to see you, and also your beard, but mostly yeah. you. Uh, Fuck yeah! I Same missed you, Derek. I miss you too, man. I miss you too. Yeah, uh, yeah. No, no doubt. I like. Uh, I would sometimes go and listen to some old episodes, and I'm like, man, I just, you know, have fun just listening to our stuff because it's usually just light, easy listening, you know, and it's kind of just chill. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, I don't know if I'd call us easy listening, but um, uh, sometimes <laughs> it's nice when, <laughs> when you miss your friend because um, I have been gone. For I mean, dude, I've, I've kind of just gone into a rabbit hole for like two months, and um, I apologize for that. But uh, I've been going through some crazy like life changes and shit, and stuff's been hard, dude. So I haven't really been able to find the time to do the podcast, and my head's been a mess, and so I probably wouldn't have been much fun to listen to anyway. So I hope I'm a little more together, and I hope I'm a little more listenable uh, than I would have been otherwise during the hiatus. So I appreciate you being patient, patient, and, and letting me kind of go through my uh transition dude i mean i think i told you before it's like uh friends are there for when you're ready for the friends to be there kind of you know and it's like uh um i know how much you love the podcast and i know that um you want to be doing the podcast so it, it doesn't bother me at all like knowing like i'm like oh i know if mike's missing the podcast something must be going on and and uh yeah and on top of that you have a beautiful shirt on there man the thing is uh, oh you like my shirt yeah 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 dude it is kind of that bad boy it's kind of fancy it's kind of is that long sleeve or is no 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 it's short sleeve no just a regular polo shirt okay it's kind of shiny it's uh yeah it's a callaway shirt uh i'm a golfer now yeah oh that's right yeah you've been golfing yeah i mean i'm fucking terrible but um i started golfing again and um yeah, yeah. So I figure I might as well look the part. So I bought like a Callaway shirt, and now I dress like a golfer. Uh, I'm just terrible, but I look like a golfer. I look the part for sure. Yeah, well, that's cool, man. That uh, so do you? So you you took a new position, right? So Is yeah, dude. Fuck, man. A lot on? has changed. So let me kind of run yeah. you down and what's different. So mainly, what kicked off the big. Uh, the big shift in in available time or or just mental capacity is I got promoted at work, um, which is really awesome. I love it. It's just been really demanding, um, both yeah. time and 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 mental focus wise. So essentially, I'm doing the same thing, dude. Um, I'm just instead of managing uh, accounts within a specific geographic area, I am now what they call a key account manager. So now I only focus on major accounts that aren't confined to a specific geographic area. Um, so basically no more small accounts. I only work with the big fish basically, uh, nice. which, is, which is rad. So it's a good promotion. It's a good step up in the company. It's more of what I like to do. It's more lunches and relationship building with, with, you know, high potential accounts and all that, but really just getting closer with people who do business with us and understanding their business, how I can help them, um, how they work, what they're looking for. 
and really just being friends with them, going to lunch, playing golf more, all that. That's that's kind of the reason for getting back into golf is um, my company expects me to kind of play more golf than I used to, which I guess I used to play almost none. Uh, so now I have to play some. And it's been fun, dude. It's a, it's a fun gig. Uh, but it has been time-consuming getting getting acquainted with the new role and meeting all these new big customers and, and doing what it takes to start off right. Um, and you know me, dude, like I just jump into everything with both feet. So I'm like, if I'm going to do this, like I'm going to do it right. And it's been, it's been just all consuming for all available time and all mental focus and all that. And I'm finally at a point where like I'm rolling now, now I'm dialed in. Uh, it's not like the job's easier now. I'm just more used to it. So now, uh, hit you up earlier in the week. Just like, dude, I'm ready. Let's talk. Uh, I can't wait to talk with you and get a break. So I've really been looking Absolutely. forward to this. Yeah, I think uh, one person told me the, the analogy of the quarterback, you know, like you got that first-year quarterback that goes into the NFL and, like, they fuck up all the time and throw interceptions and stuff. But then once you get used to it, it's not like the job got easier, but you just know how to handle it now. Yeah. You're just like you, you got used to the prime time. And I keep going back to I think it was like 1999 when we had this conversation. because, And I think it was the night that you went home and wrote the freedom from thought. But I remember you talking about, we were talking about the future and stuff. And you were like, what I really want, and I don't know why this always sticks in my head, but I really want a sales job where like, all I'm doing is like playing golf with people and just maintaining, you literally said that. Yeah. Like this was like, what was that? 23 years ago. Can you believe that? 23 Uh, years ago. It's crazy. Because when I think about myself, I think of myself as someone who has never really had focus or direction. I just kind of go like, I don't know. I follow shiny things and, and, and like that. But I I guess I have always kind of had that loosely defined goal of, of, of that kind of a sales role where it's all relationship driven. Like I'm not knocking on doors, selling knife sets. Um, but I still am selling, but it's really much more at this like kind of entrenched, involved in customers' businesses, and and uh, being more of a partner than a salesman, and needing to build like really strong relationships with these people, which is what I like. I like people. I I really do it. genuinely enjoy. Like yesterday, I had a lunch with a customer. We hardly talked work at all. It wasn't necessary. We just bullshitted and had a great time. And it strengthened our relationship. It's good for business. That's what they want me doing. But really, we just went out and had an awesome sushi lunch. And uh, that's that's my job now. Like, it was, it was great. I know you're, I know Sarah's jealous, huh? She's well, like, you have what? You get sushi lunch every every day? Okay, and it's not every day, but it is a lot of days. And, and yeah, yesterday, she randomly... It seems like she asks me, hey, what'd you do for lunch on days when I go out to lunch? Like, some days, I literally just eat a sandwich or a burrito in my truck while I'm driving. She yeah. never asks me what I had for lunch on those days. Um, yeah. But, uh, you know, last night when we were eating dinner, she was like, well, what'd you do for lunch? And I'm like, sushi. <laughs> She's like, what? With who? With one of my favorite customers. We hung out and, <laughs> and had, like, some awesome bluefin, and, and it was it was Ooh. rad. Oh, yeah. yeah. Om- omakase. What's that? I don't know what that one. I don't know. I'm just making shit up now. Oh, I was like, ooh, is this something new I need to know? <laughs> Because, dude, I was kind of teaching. I was teaching him the sushi game. He picks sushi. I go, "What sounds good? You got a favorite spot?" And he's like, "Yeah, this sushi bar by my office." Like, okay, cool. So I assume like he knows what's up, and maybe he does. But 
he started off with like a roll or whatever, and and that's fine. But uh, so I just went like, all right, I'll do a miso soup. Paul, do you want a miso soup also? Okay, cool. We'll start with that. I'm going to start with a couple of plates of sashimi. If you want to share those, awesome. Or I'm just going to get those. So I just kind of take the lead and order some bluefin sashimi, some pepper dahi sashimi, um, and some salmon sashimi. Stop and it. Get some of that going. And he's just like, man, this is really pretty great. And then we ordered a couple rolls um, and uh, all that. Got the got the real wasabi thing in there and all that. He had never tried real real wasabi, oh, and he was man, even like real wasabi there. Oh, dang. Yeah, like so right off the bat, I was like, kind of, do you guys Ooh. have real wasabi? And he's like, fucking real wasabi. What are you talking about? I'm like, oh, you just wait a minute. Like your sushi game just <laughs> changed, dude. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it's fun, dude. It's fun doing that with customers. I just enjoy doing it with people anyway. But it's cool that it's like my job, and the company pays for it. And uh, I've got this this role that I just really enjoy. It's awesome. Did you show him how to eat like the lean uh, fish before the fat fish? Uh, Supposedly that that's what you're supposed to do. Is really? Eat the, the okay. Lean no, fish I, before I, the fat I didn't know fish. that like either. Like salmon is last because salmon oh. will saturate your taste buds. So is salmon? But of course, fattier than tuna. Yeah. Okay. All right. But of course, as you know, you can use ginger to flush that out. You could. Oh no, no. Other than the fact that ginger is fucking horrible. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Maybe there's vinegar in ginger. Maybe that's the problem. I think it's I think it's pickled ginger, so it's soaked in vinegar, which might as and well sugar. just be like Yeah. Dude, you're funny too. Like speaking of vinegar, uh, like through through this whole 2-month <laughs> period, Derek and I had very little contact. Um, but he was was thoughtful enough to shoot me a photo of some super strength vinegar. Like, did you just come across this, like, vinegar from hell and just be like, oh, you know who'd like this? Mike. I'm going to send this yes. to Mike. Yes. The story is I have chiggers on my pool patio. Oh. Or I had chiggers on my pool patio. Chiggers suck, dude. Yeah, they do. And, uh, yeah, I saw them out there. And, like, as soon as it started to get, like, really warm, like, they started to come out and they were just all walking around. And I was like, oh, fuck. And I don't like to use any of these poisons. These poisons are, like, the ones they sell are just horrible. Like, I don't want my family exposed to no. poisons. I don't want the environment. I don't want my backyard exposed to this poison. So I just started just fucking with shit. And I bought vinegar, and it worked. Dick. Chiggers hate fucking vinegar. Of and course so, they and do. Ask, Who fucking yeah. likes vinegar? If you, poured right. vi- if you poured vinegar on me, I would get the fuck out of your garden. <laughs> I'd be like, fuck this place. Go to the yeah. neighbor's house. This guy's a dick. Yeah, it it worked. I mean, of course, you know, the vinegar smell ended up going away, but like chiggers can really smell it. And then uh, I went to Home Depot to go get more vinegar and I found 6X vinegar. Ooh, six times That's the one vinegar. you sent me, the super vinegar? Yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah, and I, and I like I like how when I sent you that picture, I opened up the lid just just so that you can get like a just just to hope that you. I hope he like smells it. A bit oh, dude, it's funny because I see a picture. Oh, a text from Derek. I, I I like get happy and I open. It, I'm like, oh, it's a picture. Like, oh, what's that? Oh, instant revulsion when I read the label. Like, oh my god, vinegar. Ew, six times vinegar. Like, fuck yeah. that. God damn. You know what I think yeah. too with the chiggers is. I'm not sure, but I assume they're like a social creature with with communities, you know, and hierarchy, or or at least some like social pressure and all that to fit in. And uh, maybe the one you pour vinegar on like goes back to the colony all stinking like vinegar, and they just like ostracize him, you know. It's like, <laughs> dude, get the fuck out of here, you stink. <laughs> and uh, maybe that's like how yeah. it works. Maybe it doesn't affect them physically at all. It just it just causes yeah, them to be so. revolting to friends and family. 
Yeah, well, they must have like some kind of smell buds or some some kind of nose or something there. Dude, you don't too, need right? a nose I mean... to hate vinegar. <laughs> oh yeah, you could taste it too. Uh, yeah. You can just sense it. Like yeah. we 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 all have this sixth sense of of vinegar repulsion. But <sighs> it it's amazing how it works, though. You know, because if you go to like one of these poison supply companies that like go and spray against mosquitoes and all these bugs and uh-huh. stuff, they're not gonna tell you vinegar and they're not going to use vinegar they're not going to use anything that's safe they're going to like poison your deck and they're going to poison everything and they're going to kill the bees and they're going to do all that but like yeah a little bit of vinegar shit it was amazing i I just couldn't hardly believe it really now i have to admit as much as i hate vinegar it is a pretty useful disgusting fluid um (laughs) like my my wife uses it what causes me to hate it so much is my wife uses it to clean the baby surfaces now because she doesn't want to use like bleach or any of that kind of stuff um, with the babies so she'll use it to clean like their high chair tray or their eating space or anywhere the babies are going to be she she tries to clean it with vinegar uh and like actual cleaners as a last resort but just for wiping spaghetti sauce off their eating tray like vinegar works great you know um so she does that and it's revolting, but it you know it's safe for the kids and, and all that, so I tolerate it. But I do complain about it um, endlessly, so um, there's that. But it's a pretty useful, um, like you know, Satan substance that uh, that she uses to clean. You can chase chiggers away with it. Um, I imagine if someone broke into your house and you had like a super soaker full of vinegar, <laughs> that would work just as well as like a fucking 12 gauge shotgun. You know, if you sprayed me in the face with vinegar, I would be like, I'm out. I'm no, dude, I'm dropping your, your VCR and, and leaving. Supposedly too, if you drink apple cider vinegar, it helps you lose weight and it helps you like get rid of liver fat and stuff. I'm sure it helps you lose weight. You'd puke your guts out. Whatever you ate for, <laughs> whatever you had in your stomach would just be instantly rejected. No, my wife so actually, news. my wife drinks apple cider news. vinegar and she has like a super acidic stomach kind of a thing. She she has acid problems. Like if she eats t- real tomato sauce, she gets all like super acidy and, and all that kind of uh, uncomfortable stuff. And apple cider vinegar is one of the natural remedies that really works for her. So she keeps a bottle of apple cider vinegar um, uh, at hand all the time and will take little drinks of it if she gets like acidy feeling. Oh, that's and, great. And still to this day, as many times as I as I've like dry heaved looking at it or or look whatever, then then if I'm ever like, oh man, I got a little heartburn, she'd be like, ooh, drink some apple cider vinegar. I'm like, I'd rather die. <laughs> 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 like, not happening. Oh, that's hilarious. Man. That's it's just so funny how like uh, um that's like a uh what would it, an impasse. Oh uh, yeah, for you and 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 yet she's in love with it. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. Kind of, you know, I don't think she just likes like, the flavor, but she's like, yeah. "Hey, this is so, this is so great! I can clean the baby services. I can drink it. It takes away my heartburn. Like this is a miracle liquid." And I'm just like, "Nope, get it away from me." What I've been doing sometimes is I'll I'll uh, drink a little bit of uh, sodium bicarbonate, so baking soda, huh? Too. Why? And I think it. Well, I think it helps uh, alkaline alkalinize alkanize is that like when you get heartburn or acidity or whatever you you drink that N- no but um it's just kind of prevention for like cancer and stuff like that because i think cancer grows in like an acidic if your mm-hmm. body is more acidic it kind of grows in that um but it's it's uh i just heard that it's just really wow. good to to take every so often all right um for um, like cancer prevention now your like gardening experience has you managing your own pH levels. Yeah, <laughs> nice. 
Nice. Yeah. You're, I'm feeling yeah. acidic. I need some alkalinity in my life. Yeah. Well, at least I'm not eating limestone. Whoa. Because that's the way that's the way you increase your uh, your garden acidity, your garden pH. Yeah. 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 Like yeah. drinking liquid nitrogen or something so you can bloom. Yeah. Yeah. Not not so into that. How's the garden going, dude? What what are you what are you growing? What are you doing? It's going great, man. I got like um, I got a big bed of butternut squash. It's just oh. overflowing. It's just crazy. It, people come over, they look at it, they're like, "Whoa, what is that?" It, because like squash leaves are like this big. Yeah, they're, they're like, like twice elephant as years. big as your face. Yeah, yeah, they're huge. They're, they're like prehistoric. Mm-hmm. You know, if you look at them, it's like that's a prehistoric leaf. Yeah, that, that's like not of this time. Butternut squash is got, bomb, dude. Isn't it? Yeah, I have like probably 25 of them growing i mean i i'm gonna have a bumper crop of squash i'm just really loving it too and then they last a long time too mm-hmm. they can last like six or eight months like if you put them in a root cellar mm-hmm. so i'm gonna have like a boatload there and then i have uh, a lot of cucumbers are coming in um uh, about a quarter of my tomato crop died or is dying ish uh, we had some really hot weather here that kind of screwed us up mm-hmm. with no rain okay do you not like have sprinklers or something weeks. or I do, but um, I was like a little bit um, um, a purist in trying to use rainwater all the time. Uh-huh. So like I would like use rainwater and then I had to ration it. And when I was rationing it, I would just like pour water like right into the where the stem goes into the ground. But you got to water the whole surrounding area. Otherwise, the plant can't suck the calcium yeah. out of out of the ground. So like I just wasn't watering it enough. Um, <clears throat> but I did increase my rain barrel. Um expansion i got uh i have a total of 425 gallons now of rainwater capacity wow so i'm going to be good and then i'm making a salt another thing i'm doing i'm creating a solar pump um putting it on solar and battery and uh making a little solar system is that what you call a solar system uh sounds I, a little I, more extravagant I, 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 yeah I don't creating know. a solar system well, i'm like wow dude you're really playing god over there that's awesome yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> Um, but yeah, I've been staying busy, man. I, I've been, uh, really enjoying things, getting, getting some good tomatoes too, and some cucumbers and, um, uh, got some ancho grande, um, peppers on the way, mm. you know, those big peppers, the big, like, those like big a bell old, pepper or like a big chili pepper, like a big, um, you know how they stuff those pep, the Mexican peppers, oh, they yeah. stuff them, the poblano peppers. Yeah. It's like yeah that. Those are good. But they're, I think they're a little bit bigger than the poblano. I love good peppers. peppers. Do you grow a lot of peppers or is, is that the only one you're messing with? I got. I got a lot of peppers. Yeah. I, I love good peppers too. I got like a whole bunch of jalapenos. I got um, four habanero. I have the ancho grandes. I have the bell peppers. And uh, that's it. So my poor son, uh, Michael, my, my older boy, he's three and a half now. Um, I feel like it's been years since we talked. It's been two months, but he, he's three and a half now, Derek. And uh, <laughs> dude, he was in the backyard. And we have a little pot that has um, actually a. Uh, a red chili pepper plant that I planted last year that pretty much died off and then came back this spring with the rains and, and it, it got huge and now it's covered in chili peppers again. So that's pretty cool. Wow. And yeah. he likes to be a smart ass and he always goes over there and like pretends he's <laughs> going to pull them off and eat them. And I'm always like, no, 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 don't touch them. They're hot. Trying to explain like why not to do it. And, um, one time I wasn't looking long enough and he decided to actually like make good on the threat. He pulled one off, <laughs> ate it. And by the time I became aware, he was over just like his face was red. He's crying oh. and his mouth is just like, 
what the fuck? And he's just oh, man. burning up. <laughs> and uh, he's, I'm like, what happened? He goes, I ate a pepper. And I'm like, dude, uh, I don't want to be a jerk and be like, that's what you get. You know, I, I was I was compassionate, but serious. In the back of my mind, I was like, you've been threatening to eat these peppers for like a year. And uh, I think that'll be the last time you do. Um, so he learned yeah. his lesson. He, I mean, he went inside and I was like, okay, here's what we need to do. You need bread. Water will not help. So we put some bread and I'm like, don't eat it. Just like put it on your tongue, you know, just like let the bread soak in your mouth. All right. So we did that. And then wait a second. He's like, it still hurts. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So we'll get some milk. I'll get, I got him some milk and he kind of, I'm like, just don't drink it. Like put the milk in your mouth and swish it around and just like hold the milk in your mouth. And that kind of helped. And so trying some of those, I don't know if they work or not, remedies after a little while, it eventually went away, but it was uh, it was a little bit dramatic. And my wife's yelling at me like, why are those peppers on the ground? Like, why are they accessible to a baby? I'm like, he'll never eat one again now. Like, problem <laughs> solved. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, that that, that reminds me, and um, Chris wasn't three and a half, but when Chris was my roommate, my brother uh, was my roommate he used to buy these peppers from the market and like they were kind of hot they were a little bit hotter than like a jalapeno like a habanero maybe or something it wasn't a habanero okay but it was like yeah it was a little bit hotter than a jalapeno not much all right and he would eat them and he'd be all badass like oh yeah fucking i can eat whatever i can i can eat anything hot i'm like no you can't (laughs) I said, no, you can't. I said, you can't have a habanero. He's like, ah, fuck that. I can have a habanero. You know, Chris is kind of uh, bombastic sometimes, and he could be like, kind of like, ah, fuck that. Fuck that shit. Fuck this shit. You know, and he was kind of like, I said, okay, I'll tell you what. I'll go get you a habanero, and you eat it. And he's like, okay, fuck it. I'll eat it. I don't give a shit. So I get him a habanero uh, after we went to the store, and we're uh, sitting in the parking lot at the at a gas station and he eats it and then his face just turns red i mean in in retrospect i'm kind of like i'm glad he didn't like have a heart attack or something but he ate, ate that fucking thing and he was like there go get me some milk so i just ran in there and got us some milk. but boy he he was like he learned his lesson there of course uh, he was yeah 24 but uh, I think we've all done that, like pushed our limits, you know, because I like hot things, too. And, and yeah, sometimes you just get a little bit too big for your britches and you're like, you know what? Fuck it, dude. Give me that thing over there. I'll eat it. Or some crazy hot sauce, some novelty fucking hot sauce or whatever. I'm like, oh, come on. I like hot sauce. I can eat it. And I like ghost pepper shit or something like that. And, and uh, that stuff burns, dude. And it just doesn't stop. You know, it's almost like mm. the more you cry or the more you just kind of try to get it to go away that just the worse it gets or i don't know it's just dude it's it's a terrible torture because you can't just get it to stop it just keeps on burning and the only thing that kind of helps is to eat more of that salsa that hot ass salsa you know <laughs> it, you, it takes you a know, while to like, burn so it's just like well if i just keep the original effect then the delayed burn won't kick in uh yeah. that plan can only last so long though uh-huh. oh man yeah that's funny dude yeah i've done that before that's I was sad to see my boy uh, in pain, but there there was a part of me where I was just kind of like, see, I've been telling you, I've been telling you, don't eat those peppers, <laughs> you know, and uh, here you go. It was a natural lesson, man. That was like a lesson from God, you know? It's like, hey, you, uh, this is what happens, my friend. That was a growth experience. I mean, because you, you, 
you just happen happen to not be paying attention that time. not that you have to be watching 24 7 but i mean you know you're, yeah. you're in your backyard and he ate a pepper we had and what uh, happened is we yeah, had people that's... over so when it's just me and the boys in the backyard i do watch them pretty closely and um we we're playing together you know and and uh, uh i've i've never allowed it to go that far when he's fucking around like picking him pretending he's and put him in his mouth and all that and i'm always like dude don't do it you know and uh we had my cousin over uh my cousin and his wife over so we were a little bit distracted hanging out talking more so than i normally am in the backyard and the two boys were running around playing and then yeah my older boy came over just crying red face i ate a pepper <laughs> <I'm> like <laughs> yeah well that's that's what they do michael they they burn like crazy so uh let's go see what we can do about it but and that was a cayenne, you said? No, it was just a red chili pepper. They're pretty hot, but it's just a red, red chili, chili pepper, pepper, like the kind that you dry out and crush up for red crushed pepper. Oh yeah, yeah, they're not that hot. Yeah. I mean, it's if I just bit one like he did, I'd it'd be hot, but I I, I can tolerate those. Um, he never eats any hot stuff. He's got no heat tolerance built up or anything. He's never really had hot sauce or peppers or anything other than like my wife will give him like sweet peppers, but there's zero heat there. Those are just sweet, you know. And, uh, yeah, that was his first experience with, with, uh, pepper. So I'm sure he'll remember that forever. I certainly will. You, you can grow peppers year, maybe not year round, but Damn they'll near. survive year mm-hmm. round in the ground yeah. where you're at. This one did. Yeah. yeah. So it's, it, it basically grew last year, gave us a bunch of peppers. I dried some out, made red crushed pepper. Um, the plant ended up dying off like in winter and I, I pulled out or broke off the dead branches at some point, And then around springtime, the same plant just came back. And uh, grew into a big new pepper bush, grew a bunch of peppers, and yeah, it's rocking for its second year now. Yeah, I'm kind of jealous of that. I got to dig my pepper plants up and like... Why, because the roots will freeze? Them away. Yeah, they'll they'll freeze and die. Okay. Um, they don't like frost, but you can put them like, you can cut off all the leaves and, and uh, prune the branches back a lot and put them like in a garage. Okay. And they'll somehow survive that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, gotcha. Yeah. Huh. That's got to be weird. Yeah. Like, you've got a whole different... Um, climate zone that you have to like figure out there because that winter freeze is a is a different one um we have an apple tree which normally to have apple trees bear fruit it needs to have like a certain number of weeks or days or whatever of frost like you need to be in an area that gets cold cold enough during the winter um but this one apple tree we have we bought it at a local nursery and we were told like no it's 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 genetically engineered or modified or used to this climate so it'll bear fruit right here in riverside and we're like okay well let's see how that works so we planted it um we've had it there for probably i don't know five or six years i'm guessing and it has made a few apples in years past but nothing really good they've been a little bit hard and tasteless and very few of them anyway Um, but this year we're actually getting like full-blown red juicy awesome apples on it and uh it's pretty awesome actually yeah that's cool it's been kind of a battle though dude beating the insects to the apples like i'm watching the apple like half of it's red and the other half is still green and i'm watching it waiting for it to be ready to pick and when they are ripe they're so easy to break off the stem like if you just barely touch them they fall off the stem so a breeze will blow this thing off the tree and then it ends up on the ground or um bugs will beat me to it and by the time i finally go like oh the apple's ready i'll pull it off turn it around there's a giant hole in it i'm like fuck uh, so it is kind of a battle, but um, when I do win and I get a nice ripe red apple off the tree, uh, they are super good. So I'm pretty stoked on that. Yeah, that that's pretty cool. Yeah, um, yeah I know the, the caveat with 
like fruit and things that ripen is that once they look ripe to you, they look ripe to all the critters too. Yeah. And they're like, oh, it's red. Oh, look at that. You know, it attracts your attention. And that's when all the squirrels and the raccoons and stuff start coming after my tomatoes. So oh. I just like pick them off before that. But how do you ripen them? Like if you get them, if you pick them before they're ripe, do they ripen like in a bag yeah, or something? Yeah, they ripen. Um, you could put them in a, in a, um, in a paper bag and they'll ripen a little bit quicker. I just usually just leave them out okay. like uh, on my deck and just let them ripen right there. Oh, that's cool. Um, squirrels and raccoons and shit don't eat them on your deck? No, I have an enclosed deck. Oh, oh, nice, nice. Like a screen, screen porch, yeah. That's cool. So, um, yeah, it's kind of nice. I love a good tomato, especially a fresh My Garden tomato. Like, store-bought tomatoes are okay, but my tomatoes out of the backyard are just, damn, that. there's like this extra just juiciness. Um, Juice, yeah. Uh, I don't know if it's actually there or perceived because I feel like, I feel like a man for creating food from the dirt. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. I love yeah, My Garden so tomatoes. True. Yeah, are you you have garden tomatoes? Yeah, this yeah, year? yeah, yeah. And and in several oh, cool. years past, I've grown quite a few tomatoes. Um, the past year or two has been a little light on gardening, just because we've been preoccupied with um, uh, raising humans. But uh, now, like my my older boy is into gardening, so he'll kind of help. I mean, you know, kind of help. He'll he'll hang out out there and and uh, fling dirt while I'm gardening. Uh, but it's fun to garden with him. And and now we have little some tomato plants. They're starting to bear, and. Uh, um, I like, what's your favorite tomato? Kind of tomato? What's your favorite tomato? Like, what do you grow? What do you like to eat? Do you like a variety, or do you just like one favorite tomato type? I'm not that refined, really. Well, I just I mean, like, like a, a giant red one, or cherry tomatoes, or like Romas, or kind of those little smaller, harder ones? Oh, um... Yeah, I think I like the larger ones, the one the the I guess you would call them slicing tomatoes. Okay. Yeah, like so you know, big, one that you juicy beefsteak tomatoes. Juicy. Yeah. Yeah, beefsteak might be a little bit overboard, but I'm right now I'm growing a few different varieties. I have Mennonite, Brandywine, Gold Medal tomatoes, and uh one other one that Mennonite? I can't remember. You got like Amish tomatoes? Is that what that I is? Think, Mennonite? I think, I don't I think know. Mennonites are like a, a branch or a sect of Amishness. Uh could be. Look it up. They grow two pounds up to two pounds. They're like really big tomato. One Everything that I have tomato, right now. two pounds. Yeah. Uh-huh. Isn't that like as big as Everything. your head? It's huge. Yeah. It, like Fucking the whole shit. palm of your hand. Yeah. Wow. I mean, I haven't had one that big, grow that big, but um, every the tomato varieties that I bought are all monster type tomato varieties. Huh. I Last year I did some of the cherry tomatoes, but they just get annoying because, I don't know, it's like- um, I think I'm always having to fight the squirrels over them and then, you know, you can't let them vine ripen and then it's just a pain in the ass just to harvest all those little tomatoes and, um, I don't know. Yeah. I'm not so into them. Huh. I like, I do like the big juicy fat slicing tomatoes. I've never seen a, a Mennonite tomato that's two pounds. That's gnarly. Um, I almost feel like there's too much water weight there. Are they still tasty or are they just a big... Or, I mean, how big, never, are the, how big are the slices? Like, if you slice right out of the middle, you get a giant disc of, of Mennonite tomato. Is it, like, bigger than the bread for a sandwich? I've never had one. Oh. It, it, they're not ripe yet. Um, but I did have a, a – what was it? Um, I had a gold metal tomato. Oh, the other one that I have is the delicious tomato. Delicious tomatoes are true to their name. They're delicious. Yes, delicious tomatoes they're, are aptly named for sure. 
Yeah. Yeah. That, that's the only one that has ripened so far are the delicious tomatoes, but man, okay. they're just, they're so juicy. They're so like You cut them open delicious. and it just spills all over. So delicious. You know what? It's all delicious. So I love big slicing tomatoes. They're great for sandwiches and burgers. My favorite tomato is Roma tomatoes. I love those more than anything. Uh, just for the flavor, oh. Roma tomatoes are, are bomb, dude. Uh, I do not like cherry tomatoes at all. How do you feel about cherry tomatoes? Do you have strong feelings? I'm in the same camp, really. I mean, I yeah, they're just they're the right size to choke on. You know what? Uh, what they just they pop just in don't. your mouth? Like I I don't uh, like that. Like um, yeah, I don't know, dude. Maybe on a salad, maybe sliced in half, they're okay. Yeah. But to just eat a whole cherry tomato is just kind of like and they just explode. Like ah, yeah, I'm with you I, there. I don't like it, dude. Uh-huh. I don't like it either. Not a fan. Yeah, it dissuades me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't like anything exploding in my mouth. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Any bowl in my mouth exploding. Any, any spherical form exploding liquid <laughs> in my mouth. I'm good. I'm good. Oh, man. <laughs> I didn't know you were such a tomato connoisseur. So the Roma tomatoes, aren't those the ones they use to make sauce with? Uh, I think like so. It's probably because sauce. they're the most flavorful. Yeah. They're like oblong. They right? are, yeah. They're yeah, like, yeah, they're pretty, yeah, they're pretty small. They're kind of oblong shape. And um, they're a little harder than, like, a big, juicy, round tomato. Um, But they're my favorite, dude. And and even, like, when I make a sandwich, I would prefer aroma and do a bunch of slices. And then you got to put, like, six or seven or eight or nine of these slices on a sandwich to cover the whole uh, uh, bread area. Whereas with, like, big, you know, juicy tomato slices, like, two slices is plenty to cover a whole sandwich area. But, um, yeah, these little Roma ones, dude, are just, god damn, they're good. I'm going to have to try some of those, yeah, because uh, I do like to make sauce out of the mm. tomatoes, too, like at the end of the year when um, usually by then I have kind of like too many tomatoes to that I know what to yeah, do. Yeah, yeah, you're just making like tomato shakes and shit. Use these in any form we can think of. I made some great chili last year, though, man. I just love it, and and like you said, you know, I don't know if it's just if it just tastes way better because I'm proud that I grew the tomatoes, or if it really does taste better. I do think that it really does taste better because it's like one ingredient, and that's what I love about the garden too. Like when I make a sandwich, like a salad or something from the garden, it's like two ingredients, three ingredients, and then you go to these restaurants, and it's like you have xanthan gum and all this other crap, and you know, like. I don't know. There's no need for all that crap. Um, yeah, no, I agree. And sometimes it just becomes a little much. Uh, I'm pretty simple when it comes to all that kind of stuff, dude. And I really don't like to like change the flavor or the whatever. Like I like just the the, the raw flavor of. That's why I like Roma so much. I think is it's just the flavor of Roma. You don't got to do anything to it. Like just the flavor of a Roma tomato is awesome. Um, those are the ones they do like those. What do they call it? It's like an Italian snack i think where you do like a little piece of bread with a slice of roma and then a little chunk of mozzarella on top of it i don't know what they call it oh is that is that with roma that's oh usually yeah with roma that's yeah mozzarella and basil right uh yeah but i hate basil so i'll take the basil off oh, okay <laughs> yeah I, hate basil. I like how you're so opinionated on some things <laughs> then i gotta ask you now okay uh you hate basil <laughs> i'm glad to know that now too do you, do you hate cilantro uh no i love cilantro we grow cilantro in the backyard okay. yeah oh, okay nice yeah um okay hate basil uh what about cucumber that's the counterpart to tomatoes tomatoes and cucumbers is like bread and butter baby mm. of course you like cucumbers and tomato salad all right so okay cucumbers um they are pointless 
Uh, what? Their, their flavor is fine, but there is nothing. Sheesh. It's like eating crunchy Sheesh. air. Like they, they're nothing. Uh, they've they've got salt. Yeah, salt makes. If, right. if you need to intake some salts, there's no better salt vehicle than a cucumber. I mean, tomatoes are right up there too. Um, but a salt via- tomato and cucumber salad, there's nothing better. Yeah, nothing. cucumber's good on a salad. I, I do like even like a Greek salad with some like you know chopped up. Those are those that's good on a hot day or whatever. Like I'll, I'll never like decide I want a Greek salad, but if my wife orders one and offers me some, I'm like, yeah, hey, this is pretty fucking good. Like I'll enjoy it, but I'll never choose to eat it. Um, so it's like, yeah, cucumbers are cool, but I feel like they're pointless. Um, <laughs> Cucumbers are cool. Cucumbers are cool. Right. They're cool. <laughs> they're cool as a. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. I guess I'm just indifferent to cucumbers. They're fine. I wouldn't, you know, kick them out of bed or anything. But I'm not out chasing them. <laughs> okay, but seeds or no seeds in a cucumber? Do you, uh, you, I guess I do. you don't mind. If oh, I guess I, yeah. I don't care. I mean, I'll just eat a cucumber. I don't like sit and pick seeds. Yeah, out. the seeds are great. I, I don't understand the people that cut the seeds out of them because uh, to that's me, the, the watery, juicy are, part. Like. Yeah, that's the good Other part. Other than that, you're yeah, just eating a rhyme. And, yeah, some people cut them and make them look like a little seed, you know, and they cut it in half and then they scrape out the seeds. I'm like, why are you scraping the seeds out? Stop it. Yeah, you don't even like... That's the good part. Yeah, I mean, they're like... Yeah, in, it makes me mad. They're indetectable seed texture. They're not like uh, like an apple seed. You know, you go biting too deep into an apple, you get an apple seed. Like, that'll fucking break a tooth, you know, but yeah. cucumber seed, like, I don't know. Why would you... No. The only, the only yeah. thing I do to a cucumber is I cut off the ends. I don't like the uh, the ends, like the part where the stem connects. Uh, uh. So I'll just cut off the ends and usually slice it. And I don't know. My boys eat a lot of cucumbers. We make them a lot of cucumbers. So I'll sometimes, you know, I'll chop a bunch for them and I'll eat a couple. But eh, I'm just kind of like whatever cucumbers. I like yeah. pickles though, um, which is yeah. a cucumber soaked in the horrible, horrible liquid vinegar. Uh, <laughs> but I don't know. Uh, to be honest. Love a good pickle. Yeah. Pickles are pretty good. Well, you can buy the the pickling cucumbers, the bush cucumbers. I have a couple of those growing, I think. I've never, I've never actually grown cucumbers intending to pickle them. Uh, I just buy a jar of pickles. Yeah, me, me too. Uh, sorry, I had a text. I got distracted there for a second. Um, yeah. One of the things about this new job is that the customers I'm working with know that they're big time and super important, so they kind of expect more timely responses um so okay uh, i'm I'm a little less uh uh able to turn myself off than i used to be yeah they're smacking their slong on your face huh (laughs) (laughs) i guess i never thought of it that way gross (laughs) man Mm -hmm. uh yeah i just had to go i just had to go there i don't know why you're just like hey "Hey, mike hey, hey <laughs> Answer your phone. <laughs> Fuck. Uh, or is it is it your expectation of how it is that you want to get back to them? I, I'm sure that plays just as much into the actual expectation from their side. Um, I'm sure it's part yeah. of me thinking that, hey, I'm at this new level of account management. Like, I need to be Johnny on the spot, you know, and, and uh, yeah. uh, reasonable reply lengths things like that are are probably just as acceptable as they've ever been but yeah my perception has changed to them nothing's changed on their side they're still them to me everything's changed because now i'm handling them well what um do they text you is that the uh they they contact me there's really very little formality in this industry it's it's pretty 
nice because, yeah, texting, phone calls, emails, all of it's acceptable. And it just depends. Some customers like texting. Other companies like they always send an email. Other ones just they, they all kind of have their own way of doing things. But, yeah, texting is a very common method of communication, which I find interesting because what I'm doing is I'm I'm providing heavy equipment to construction contractors. So um, a lot of times it's like, you know, a, a quarter million dollar machine, like a big excavator or a big loader or a big like giant um, forklift or, or something like that, like pretty, pretty big equipment. And uh, a lot of times they can just order this quarter million dollar pieces of equipment by a text, like, hey, Mike, send me a fucking, send me a three yard loader out to uh, this job on Monday. Thanks. And I'll just write back like, all right, you got it. Thanks. And that was a quarter million wow. dollar transaction. Like, <laughs> like, oh, that's cool. Right. Yeah. It's pretty casual. So do you get like texts? Are they go- coming after hours too? Like at 6 p.m. or 7 p.m.? Or is it mostly like off limits? Or is you getting a little bit more of that um, after hour action? Very little. Some, but very, very little. Contractors work early. So I'm getting text i'm getting hit up like before fucking reasonable hours sometimes these people hit me up at like 5 30 or 6 in the morning um Ooh. it's fine i'm awake but i i i try not to respond as timely at those hours unless i need to or unless it's a certain customer because i want to kind of train uh-huh. them that like hey this is this is unreasonably early um yeah. so <clears throat> it, it's pretty rare honestly that they hit me up that early most communication starts about seven sometimes six thirty. usually about seven or eight is when most people are getting going and contractors are fucking done by two or three some of their offices are open until four or five at the latest but it's very rare to be hit up after five o'clock uh which yeah. is nice that's family time i don't i don't like replying or being on the clock after those hours anyway yeah it took me a while to learn um the we teach people how to treat us kind of yeah. thing yeah yeah like i i would always be like somebody replies to me i'm like oh i gotta get to him right back i gotta do it and like i'm learning more about that buffer you know uh-huh. and, and the and the buffer is kind of like baked in there with um you know like even like if i meet a new neighbor or something and they text me or whatever i'm not gonna if they get used to me just writing back to them immediately and then all of a sudden i stop then it's kind of like oh well, where is he he changed all of a sudden now he doesn't like me you know so i try to always put that buffer in there you know what i'm talking about that uh-huh that text buffer just yeah, in if case someone, if someone hits you up and you reply like in 10 seconds all the time then the one time it takes you five minutes to reply the person's thinking like oh what well, did Derek fucking thinking something weird or is there things not cool or whatever but yeah if you automatically like dude sometimes i'll see a text and i'm just like okay i know the answer i could reply immediately but i won't i'll reply in like two hours uh yeah. or whatever whatever a reasonable amount of time based on the situation the relationship or whatever but i'll do that same thing i'll like kind of choose an amount of time that seems appropriate to the way i want this relationship to be you know yeah like i yeah. don't want you to expect me to reply right away uh and sometimes i do it depends on the person or the situation i guess but yeah i do manage those timelines to to control the parameters of of our relationship expectations well, because once you do, once you go in and you reply back quickly for somebody, like that's hard to reverse. Uh-huh. Like, how do you get back? It's hard to get back out of that. Like, oh shit! Now all of a sudden, I don't want to go see this chiropractor anymore, and uh, he's so used to me replying back in five minutes, and now I have to like start reeling things back and like wait an hour, and then next time wait two hours, and then 
Um, yeah, yeah. You know, I got to walk it back into acceptable. Whereas, yeah, right off the gate, right out of the gate, if you're just a guy who replies within, oh, Derek will reply within one to two hours is the average expectation. That's reasonable. And it leaves you plenty of room to live, you know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. That, uh-huh. That's the best way to be like with text is, but the, and the worst is like when you reply back right away and then they call you. Oh, you know, like, oh, yeah. like, oh yeah, I know you're there. You just texted me. Yeah. You know, <laughs> <laughs> hey, you guys want to come over on Saturday? I don't know. Let me ask the wife. Phone ringing. Like, ah, yeah, like, uh, fuck. yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't know, dude. Sometimes I'll just reply while they're while they're calling. You know, you can do that like reject a call with a message thing, and I'll oh, put in yeah. something like "Sorry, bro, can't talk. Have to call you back." And then I won't for like three days. Yeah, it'd be something yeah. like that. <laughs> no, <laughs> be like, you, yeah. A lot of times you read it and you forget to reply back, right? I do that. Oh, uh, like, yeah, I'll, that'll I'll, bite. Yeah, th- this thing we're talking about, where you're managing a timeline, man, uh, like purposely bites me in the ass sometimes where I'll see a text and it'll just be something like, Oh, Hey, what do you think about this and whatever? And I'm like, Oh yeah, I'll get back to that. Now, you know, here in a little bit. And then, you know, you get busy and you forget next thing you know, you're looking at your phone three days later and you're like, Oh fuck. I never wrote back to that guy. Like, ah, dick move. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I don't want the expectation to be that low. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Oh man, man. Um, so yeah. Yeah. What's, what's, uh, do you know what I'm, I'm consumed with right now is, and I want to get some of your thoughts on it too, is we got our boy, Michael, our older boy in preschool. So he's, he's in preschool now and cool. he's been going like for three weeks, maybe four weeks now, three or four weeks. And, um, he's doing really, really great with it. Uh, he transitioned into the, you know, the separation anxiety thing that, that we're told is pretty common. He got over that in like a week and a half where he was crying when we dropped him off. And I mean, after, after about a week and a half, we brought him and he's just kind of like, all right, see ya hitting the playground or, or just run right into his classroom. Like he, he was pretty dialed in pretty quick. And, um, it, uh, it, he's been great at everything and it's, it's been this really great transition for like the whole family. Um, we miss him. I know my wife because she works from home. Like I know she misses having him in the house, and it's been weird not having him there. But it's been really great for him that he's in school and he's growing socially and all that, like really quickly and all that. Like it's been fantastic, dude. And uh, did you put Esme in preschool? At what age did you do that, or did she do daycare before that, or what was that like for you? Um, I think around the same age, like around um, three ish. Yeah. All yeah. Right. Now she did have she did have a nanny. I'm trying to think how that worked. Um she had a nanny up to about even I don't want to say 5. But so yeah, she just came like uh during off hours, but I mean the tough part obviously is finding that right um that right preschool. And the first one we found was like a uh, super duper hippy dippy. Okay. Like a way too hippy dippy, and like they didn't have any structure. And this was in and, LA, mm-hmm. of course. Yeah, yeah. We believe yeah, in it free was range called, learning. Yeah, it was called sunshine, sunshine daydreams. Whoa, uh, preschool, and I think that's like a Grateful Dead reference and stuff. Okay, and you know it was okay. I mean, I think they were 
good with the kids, but they just didn't have any structure. And kids like structure. They like, okay, right now we're going to go do this. Now it's time to go take a nap. Now it's time to go do this. And like, if they don't have that, then they get confused and they need, they need some kind of structure. Um, so we took her out of there and then we took her, we went to a preschool that was off of, uh, Sunset Boulevard of all places. And it was called just like mom's really good school, Mm -hmm. like kind of like a a Russian, uh, daycare, kind of like a lot of Russian and East, East Europeans Mm. were there and, uh, they loved her. They called her, uh, um, Krishna, Krishna. Or, uh, I forgot she had a little nickname there. That's pretty cool. Cute. <laughs> You're right. It is really yeah. hard to find the right preschool for us. It, it wasn't even just finding the right one. It was finding one with availability. Um, I think because of COVID, for whatever reason, uh, all the preschools were like slammed and and running waiting lists and and that whole thing. So we weren't ready for that, dude. Like we weren't expecting it. This is our first preschool experience. So we thought like, oh, when he's three and a half, we'll sign him up for a preschool and he'll just go. So. We were ready to put him in preschool, and we we started calling like Montessori's at first. Like we'd call a few Montessori's in the area, and they were all like, "Oh yeah, go ahead and come on down and tour the school." So we set up an appointment. We tour it. We go great. Everything's awesome. Like when can we start? And they go, "Oh oh, we don't have any openings. Like you got to get on a waiting list, and it might be three or six months." Um, we're like, "Whoa!" Like we're ready now, you know. Um, yeah. so we got on a few waiting lists. One of the schools fucking told us like the wait would be a year, and like he won't be in preschool in a year. Like this, this doesn't make any yeah. sense. Yeah. Um, so finding a school with availability was tough. And then we finally found one that, that, um, so we found one, uh, but by the time we found one, like right now it's summer break time. So real schools are on break for summer. And then the actual school year starts in like mid August, mid or late August. And, uh, um, so my wife found a school I'll tell you about in a sec that he starts in mid August and we're like, okay, that's great. But he needs to start going somewhere now. He needs to start developing these. So we wanted like a practice preschool. So we're calling it summer school. And we found this other school in the, in, in the, in the city that is very cool. It's a little bit daycare ish where they're not like super strict about the curriculum and all that kind of stuff. It's more about like playing and functioning as a class and that's all the practice he needs he has no practice doing that so like following direction when it's time to sit down and do a project when it's time for lunch when it's time to go play when it's time to take a nap um all that's really fantastic so um he's not like learning a ton which i'm sure he's learning some but it's not like they're really don't want him to learn yeah, yeah they're not really like hammering in the abcs or math or any of that kind of stuff they're just like he's he's learning how to go to school basically is the way i see it and they're uh-huh. great the playground's cool it's a safe place we love it um so he's he's going to be going there for a few months until the actual school year starts at his actual preschool so i'm struggling with the preschool um, it was hard to find a place. My wife found a place she's really excited about. She really likes the the people there. Uh, the curriculum seems really, really good. Everything seems great, but it's a Catholic school. And I'm very not religious. And uh, when my wife's like, this is the one that I want to send him to, I was like, no, I, I don't want him going to a Catholic school. Um, and uh, she's like, well, I get it. I'm not religious either, but here's here's why I, I want him to go here is they assured me that at this age in preschool, 
They're open to all denominations. Religion and religious instruction plays zero role in their curriculum at the preschool level. Uh, they say that, oh, kids at that age are way too young to start you know, doing any of the kind of ritualistic stuff. Like None of that's included in the curriculum uh, and preschool. All that starts in kindergarten. So um, at preschool, we have you know Jewish and Muslim and Christian and people of any faith or whatever or no faith uh, that come to preschool here. And my wife's like, okay, cool. Then we're good on that. Everything else looks fantastic about the school. And I'm like, all right, uh, I'm suspicious because to me it's just kind of like, all right, so this is your like, you know, um, casting a wide net recruitment method of catching all these kids at their preschool year. And then it's like, hey, we're such a good school that we want you to stick with us through kindergarten. And then we start hammering them with all of our bullshit religious crap, you know? Uh, so... I'm, uh, yeah. Michael, God doesn't like that. Yeah. 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 That's why, that's what you think is going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. Not sitting in your chair <laughs> makes baby Jesus cry. I'm like who, yeah. who's baby Jesus? My parents <laughs> never talked to me about that. Um, yeah. so my thought is like, okay, so maybe it plays no official role in your curriculum, but like on the bookshelf, do you have like Noah's Ark books and shit like that? Like fucking nonsense that I don't want him exposed to at all. Um, I don't know, but I'm trying to be open-minded because my wife's really excited about the school itself and the curriculum, and she feels like it's going to be really great. So I'm trying to be open-minded, but I'm really struggling with this whole my oldest son going to Catholic school kind of thing because to me, fuck, dude, if my, if if me five years ago would have heard this from me today, he would have been like, fucking idiot, what are you what are you talking <laughs> about? Like, you're sending your son to Catholic school, you know? Um, yeah. But yeah. I don't know, dude. What do you think? Well, I, I think that, um, you know, Catholic is one of those religions that uh, um, is a little bit more like they don't just wear it on their sleeve as much. They're not like hey, going out to they're not like uh, going out to recruit everybody and be like, hey, I need you to become Catholic. I need you to. It's kind of just like, you know, um, most Catholics that I've met are not super religious, I guess. I mean. Or fanatical, I guess. It's a lot less of a fanatical type okay. sect. Yeah, I think that, that um, sounds right. It's a very ritualistic faith where there's a lot of this and that and the communions and the days and the we kneel and stand. And there's a lot of formality to it, but not a lot of um, fanatic, uh, not a lot of fanaticism in it. I guess you're right. Yeah. And, and I think that there are some values that are in um, some of these sects of a religion that is kind of good um, that, uh, you know, I, I'm not going to say that uh, um, it makes a bad person good or anything like that. But, you know, I think that uh, I'm generally on board with what Christianity preaches and what Catholicism preaches and what, what most religions kind of preach. I'm, I'm mostly on board with that. So, they don't really bother me much at all. Well, I'm on board with the be a good person. And I, some things I really like about this school already is that they do, I don't know if it's weekly or monthly, I think it's monthly um, homeless food drives where they basically like serve hot meals to homeless people right there on the campus. And, and the kids at the yeah. preschool level aren't involved, but older kids and older grades at the school are, and they all volunteer. They're, they're not made to volunteer, but the school as a program provides food to homeless people. And I'm like, I love that. I love that part of being a part of your community, giving back. Um, all that part's fantastic. And I do love those elements of religion. 
I guess what I dislike most is disinformation and like the shunning of science versus, you know, like creationism and, and that kind of stuff. And, and the fake stories treating them as history, like, oh, well, back when Noah's Ark happened and, and things like that, or, you know, treating the story of Jesus as if it's historical fact and stuff like that. Like, I don't want that being presented to my kid at, at this age where he may think like, all, oh, like what they've told me about Jesus is absolutely true. It's like, no, 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 uh, it's not. And the moral behind a lot of it is is great. And, you know, um, the things we attribute to this Jesus guy are pretty great. Some great ideas, not all, but some are pretty great. But I don't want him being told or led to believe that these things are like factual, you know? Yeah, I think that um, that's probably not something you would have to worry about until maybe like age 12 or something. Um, Because I think kids uh, below 12 are just going to default to what their parents say is true and not really susceptible to brainwashing or or being able to teach them certain things. And Megan was kind of worried about that a little bit too because there's a heavy Christian presence here. And um, it doesn't bother me really at all because I've found enough parallels with the way I live my life along with Christianity where I'm like, I'm kind of, uh, I'm accepting of it. I mean, I, I do think there are some parallels. There's there's definitely some sects that take it too far and are a little bit more fanatical and I'm, I'm not so much on board with or a little bit too preachy, you know, which I, I don't preach, you know, but, you know, Esme, the point is Esme is exposed to that a lot more. And like what I tell Megan is like, you know, she's going to be exposed to this stuff anyway. You can't hide her from that. And it's almost better to be exposed at a younger age than than at an older age. Because, you know, you can be like a 16-year-old that all of a sudden like just goes head over heels over something like this. And then what are you going to do? You know, it's like, oh, I've a dad, I'm going to move away and I'm going to join a, you know. And, and there's some, there's cults that are... Um, uh, hidden behind every religion that there is. And, you know, I don't know. I think it's a, it's one of those lessons that could be better to learn younger than older. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm, I'm with you. And there is, there is a factor of, or an element of cult in all sorts of stuff. Even the avoidance yeah. of religion can be sort of culty, you know, that sort of thing. Uh-huh. So I don't want to make yeah. it so just like, oh, well, in this family, we're against religion because that becomes your religion. You know, then you become a fanatic who's against religion. And what's the difference? You know? Yeah. Um, yeah so I, I don't, true. I don't, I don't think of myself or, or want to be that way. I guess I was just thinking like, man, at these impressionable ages where everything is new to him, to have stories like that, uh, like the fictional stories used to tell moral stories, uh, I, I just I love the morality of them, but I don't want these stories being told to him as if they're true. And I don't even really want him being told like, "Oh, God loves you." Like I don't even think he needs to be burdened with the idea of God at this age, you know. Um, and and I don't know, I don't know. But they're saying that it doesn't play any official role, so I'm, I'm imagining at this level of pre at this preschool age, the the uh, inclusion of that messaging should be minimal to none. So I hope that's the case. I'm just, just, I'm just, uh, I think I'm stuck in the mindset of my son's going to a Catholic school. No, like instant revulsion. Like, no, no, my son can never go to a Catholic school, you know, but I'm trying to moderate my judgmental um, jerk to decision. 
you know, or yeah, knee, knee jerk reaction, I guess. And and I know like Sarah, I, I trust her a hundred percent that she like I'm sure she went in there and she read the energy of that place and and not and I'm I'll sound a little bit foo foo or a little bit whatever, but um, there's energy that people have and you can feel that energy and you can see it in a place. You know, you you've walked in places like a a car mechanic and everybody's just a look seems like they're all in a bad mood they're all pissed off all the time you're like yeah. well there's a reason for that there's somebody here at least one person that's a major fucking asshole that they all hate right you know or something like that it's like there's bad energy in mm-hmm. there but like um really the energy plays more of a role than any kind of religion i think uh you know and I, if I that you're right is. so for her it's it's all definitely a feeling thing <clears throat> It's also a safety thing, the way the school is set up and, yeah. and not only keeping the kids safe, but also keeping other people out uh, is a big thing for her. And the curriculum is a big thing. Like, how how buttoned up are they? What are they really teaching? Not just like my fear of are they teaching Noah's Ark, but like, what are they actually teaching? She's really uh, interested in the curriculum of like, what's he going to be learning? Because he's a really smart kid and he's already learned a lot. So if, he, if they start going at the ABCs, he's going to be bored as shit. Uh, he's known those for uh, since he was like a baby, you know, like able to talk literally like one and a half. He knew the ABCs and stuff. Um, So now I I don't know what the curriculum for a preschooler looks like. So that was a big concern for her and me also, but mostly her. And then the other thing with her is food. So looking at a lot of these preschools, um, food is included with a lot of them because they get like government or state funding or whatever to provide food to the kids. And they get like a certain amount of money every month or however it works. So they get they get money to provide food for the kids, but they're serving fucking crap food, dude. And um, Sarah has been very careful and put a lot of thought and work into feeding our kids super well from birth. Uh, she breastfed both boys for a really long time, well over a year, and they've eaten like nothing but organic and grass-fed meats and all the all the shit that's like as good as it can be with those little preservatives hardly any sugar um fuck michael was three before he ever had his first bite of candy uh we just took him to mcdonald's once for the first time like two weeks ago and like we only let him eat like one mcnugget like maybe even to a cruel level we we deprive him of shit food but she makes him really really good food you know Mm -hmm. and uh a lot of these preschools serve just really really shitty food uh, so that was a big concern for her. And this place does not do food program. They do not take money from the government to provide food. They provide some snacks, and they're all pretty healthy and pretty basic snacks. Um, so we we will send him to school with a lunch every day, which Sarah really likes because she likes to make his food. Um, so she was super stoked on that part of it. Uh, the preschool he's at now, the summer preschool, the temporary one, they do provide food. And they give us like a, a calendar menu every month that like, hey, here's what's on the menu for the whole month. And we're having to look at it because he has a dairy allergy. So um, mm-hmm. dairy, he fucks him up. It's not like going to kill him or anything, but he gets like hivy um, and super uncomfortable. Oh, yeah. Gets like really boogery and, and dairy kind of fucks him up still. The doctor says he's going to grow out of it soon, but it's still, uh, we try to avoid dairy with him as much as possible. And... Mm-hmm. Um, half the days on the menu, it's like grilled cheese sandwiches or things like that, 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 that he can't eat without getting all jacked up. So we'll make him lunch on those days, send him with lunch and trying to coordinate with their menu calendar is a bit of a chore. And she's so sweet. Like if they're doing, uh, muffins, which have dairy in them, then she'll 
make him or buy him like dairy-free muffins and send him with the muffin that day so he doesn't feel like the weirdo who's not eating a muffin. So we'll try to send yeah. him similar food to what the other kids are eating on dairy days. Uh, you know, so at this other school where we provide lunch every day, none of that's an issue. She'll just get to make him lunch every day. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. You know, so... I don't know, dude. A lot goes into all this crap. It's all new to us. You've been in this game for a long time. You're probably just like fucking amateurs. <laughs> no, no. Well, Esme's going to a great school right now. It's She's in summer break right now, but she is in the camp for the school that she's going to. And uh, it's a great school. They're kind of a STEM school. Um, I think they, they claim that they were the first STEM school. I don't know if in Knoxville or if in Tennessee, but they've been around for a while and they have like, they're sitting on 50 acres of land and um small class sizes and uh it is a private school we decided to to send her to um but they have two swimming pools they're just like real focused on like the kids are outside playing like all the time and and I'm for that because like I think most lessons at this age are better learned like by playing and by interacting with peers rather than sitting at a desk and and public school all she was doing was sitting at a desk all day and because I, I and I I was assuming that, and then I asked her. I'm like, "What do you what did you do at school? What did you do when you went to Powell?" And she was like, "Did you sit at a desk?" She's like, "Yeah, that's pretty much all we did was sit at a desk." And I mean, at six years old, six seven years old, sitting at a desk all day? Yeah. No. No. No way. Like I, I just can't, I couldn't do that. So like now she has like four recesses at this place she's just outside playing they have gardens there they have apple trees the kids go and pick apples uh they have a chef there that makes food for for them and it caters to their uh allergies and i just i'll live in a cardboard box before i don't send her to this school yeah you know I'm, yeah uh i'm with you dude yeah like we're at this point now where we're we're thinking about all these things like and and i'm with you on that dude like nothing is more important um, I want him at a great school and well provided for on that front. That's how he did it before he went to school. And now that he's off at school, we're just like, yeah, I mean, it, it, money is not an option. It's like we want what we want. And some of them are more expensive than others, but none of them are fucking even close to what an in-home nanny cost. Like we were mm-hmm. we were doing the full-time in-home nanny thing and still are for the younger baby. We still have a full-time in-home nanny. And that's crazy expensive, uh, but totally yeah. worth it. And uh now with with Michael being like in a classroom, we're thinking the same thing. Like, dude, I I would I would yeah I would go without a lot of things before we considered shaving off an expense of of a school that that is really great. And we're just figuring that out. So like the school he's at right now, it's it's good, but the food's kind of a chore because they you know don't always do dairy and they aren't willing to like accommodate uh, allergy like. Basically, they're serving what they're serving, and if and if it's a dairy thing, and our boy's got a dairy allergy, they're just like, well, you might want to make him lunch that day. Like they don't accommodate allergies at all. Um, mm-hmm. So that's whatever. We don't mind making him lunch, but it's a little bit of a chore, and trying to not not making him the lunch, but trying to work with their menu, uh, dude. Because sometimes they change it up last minute. Like they'll be making. Oh, this was one that fucking bothered me. So they do a breakfast, a lunch, and a dinner. He and I eat breakfast before we ever go to school. So for him, the breakfast there is just like a snack or whatever. And uh, they were doing scrambled eggs and toast. And I was like, oh, all right, scrambled eggs and toast, no problem at all. So he ate his normal breakfast with me like he and I do every morning. Uh, But I didn't make him anything for the breakfast snack. I just scrambled eggs and toast is fine, you know. And uh, when I showed up, the lady goes, oh, did you make him something for breakfast? And I went, 
well, you guys are doing scrambled eggs, right? She goes, oh, yeah, but we put cheese in our eggs. Like, oh, all right. Uh, You have to. Yeah. Yeah. Well, A, why not put that on the fucking menu? Why not call it cheese scrambled eggs? Why would you assume that I would know you'd put cheese in your eggs? That's not a normal thing. Like, that's cool. It's great. uh, But it's not normal. I don't assume you have cheese in your eggs just when you write scrambled eggs. Um, so thanks for that. And no, the chef will not make scrambled eggs without cheese in them. Um, so I'm just kind of like, all right, well, he's already had breakfast, so whatever. We always put like a little bit of an extra snacky kind of item in there now after being burned by some of those. Like, here, just in case you guys decide to change your fucking minds or throw us a curveball, here's some extra yeah. food. Um, uh-huh. You know, so yeah, no, it's just kind of kind of like, eh. Thanks for that. But, um, yeah. yeah, so the new school won't have any of those problems. Uh, we'll, we'll send him with lunch every day, so that'll be cool. And then, uh, um, yeah, I'm with you on the outside thing. Like, at that age, kids are learning so much more from social interaction and just the world around them. Uh, the curriculum part, sure, it's important, but it's it's minimal and of minimal importance, I think. Yeah. You know, it's important, uh-huh. but it's less important than the social benefit of being in a class and being accountable to a group of peers in a social setting. Like, that to me is where yeah. you're really developing as a human. Um, the ABCs are fucking easy, you know? Uh-huh. Uh, learning the continents and all that kind of stuff. Like, we work on all that all anyway, and, and I don't think it takes that much time to just sit at a desk all day uh, listening to a teacher. So that's cool that she's in a school like that. That's what we want, too. Yeah, I mean, and, and like any kind of memorization at this age, like that's it, just ridiculous to me how school yeah. emphasizes things like that and like memorizing, I don't know. I mean, definitely like writing and reading is good. That's that's a necessity totally. that you need to do every day. Yeah, um, But how long can you really work and, on, on that? You know what I mean? Like an hour max, you know? Yeah. Attention yeah, span? Before, yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like I can't even work on that for that long. No. And then, you know... Uh, arithmetic and stuff and then she learned what i did like you know she was learning a lot about the planets and the moon and the moon um phases and stuff i i thought that was really cool i like the science and, part of uh, it is uh, uh very cool he seems interested in the sciencey part of stuff like he loves dinosaurs he loves planets all that kind of stuff yeah yeah and, and art art's uh-huh. a good one too you know yeah. that that's the one that helps them expand their mind and yep you know teaches them their uh is she showing uh, interest in drawing painting music or all of it or some of it or what what she what she into yeah all that Great. yeah she's um she loves to draw she loves art she's really really good at drawing and her handwriting is i i don't i don't know i think she must have got this from my mother but her handwriting, like, even as of, like, two years ago, she would write something, and I kid you not, I would see something written that she wrote on on the countertop or whatever. My very first reaction was, who wrote that? Like, wow. that's like a grown-up handwriting, but she's she's so precise on her handwriting, it's amazing. Like, she has beautiful handwriting, and I had a cousin at... Uh, um, two Thanksgivings ago, come up and she was like, "Have you seen Esme's handwriting?" You know, I'm like, "Yeah, I, I don't know where it comes wow. from, but that and drawing, she loves to draw, and um, yeah, she's really talented at a lot of stuff." That's cool, man. Mm-hmm. That's really cool. 
Uh, my boy hasn't really started. He he colors. He he you know he can scribble, but he hasn't really started making letters yet. On a chalkboard, he's made a few letters, like the letter T and that kind of thing, and um, like putting lines together. So to make an H or a T or an A, like he's done some of that. But that's about as structured as as his uh, penmanship studies have 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 been. Um, so, but he's a preschool, so I, I imagine they'll start that probably. Maybe an actual preschool once he's at that at that new Catholic school. I'll teach him how to spell Jesus or something. <laughs> yeah, that Russian school that we sent her to, they were like real academic in the beginning yeah. in the early days about teaching him how to write all the letters huh. and, and counting and everything. And um, that's where she learned her handwriting kind of mostly. That's good. Wow. Mm-hmm. Nice, dude. Yeah, it's, it's interesting thinking yeah. about all this kind of stuff. Uh, it's fun, but it's also like... It's it's no little decision to choose where to send your kid to school, you know? Um, and then coupled with the scarcity of options, and now it's not just like, oh, we can pick from all these schools, which shall we select? It's like, well, which one can we get him into? And is it good enough? And what other options are there? And so we went touring. I think we toured or did meetings at like eight different preschools. Um, and we got on, I think, three different waiting lists where you have to pay some amount of money just to like throw his name in the hat so he would get one of the next available openings and then one of them we were so desperate we signed him up at this one that we didn't even really like they were fine it was just not what we were looking for and we were like fuck we just need something so we put him on the waiting list and when they called us like hey we're ready he can start monday we were just like yeah all right and uh no we don't want to take him there you know so yeah, I, it was just tough, man. It was a really tough thing, and and my wife put a lot of time and work into it, and it was really cool. Once we got him into this place, and then she got him into that other school, which I I am excited about, other than the the Catholic part of it. But I'm uh I'm cozying up to that that fact. You're helping me. Your 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 opinions yeah. on it. Well, are see, I, I I think I have maybe somewhat of a different philosophy. I and maybe just like uh, uh and this is maybe why I'm okay with um. Christianity and and Christians and stuff, but I think sometimes I think that stuff kind of comes to you, and and I don't mean to make this all esoteric and stuff, but uh-huh. but it's just kind of just my experience is like those kind of things you don't have to worry about so much because if it's not a fit, it's not a fit, and you'll know if it's not a fit, and if it is a fit, it is a fit, and you'll know if it is a fit, right? And and those things kind of just happen in a way. Not saying you don't have to put a lot of work in like discovery and, mm-hmm. and trying to find a place, but you know, the right place the will path, come about. Yeah. Yeah. It'll come about. I think you're right. And that, that's kind of what happened when that wrong place called us back and was like, Hey, you're golden. We got your deposit and you know, you're ready to start. And we were just like, no, keep the deposit. We're, we're good. Yeah. It wasn't right. And, and, and I think that's how Christians feel like with God, you know, like they, like God, God directed me to that. And of course I, and I know what you're thinking. I'm thinking the same thing. It's like, oh, you think some man, uh, just like was just looking out for you and just saying, Hey, you need to do this. But I do think there is kind of a, you know, you could replace that with universe, um, or just, uh, I don't know, maybe universe just, I, I think just things happen naturally in front of us and uh there's not so much worry that we have to put into it i think but um Mm. i don't know yeah yeah and on that have you uh have you ever considered of giving up your sins for christ mike oh 
have you found Jesus? Um, have you found? Jesus? <laughs> I love that. I, uh, was it Homer Simpson or who was it? Where it's just like someone hit him up. Have you found Jesus? Well, I didn't know I was supposed to be looking for him. <laughs> <laughs> uh, God, man, all that just makes me want to barf. Um, but you know, like as long as they don't fucking. I don't know. Indoctrinate my boy, then uh, I'm cool. Uh, a year from now, I think you're going to be having a barbecue with everybody, every, oh. all the Catholic people. Well, from, from uh, and I'm very open to all that. I'm sure, dude. Honestly, like knowing me, I will get involved in all of their things. And, and this school does a lot of um, events and gatherings and half days for this or that and a bunch of parrot nights. There's even like golf tournaments for the school and all that. And I'm like, dude, I'll get involved in all of that shit. You know, like everyone's cool. I love religious people. I've got nothing against it's when religious people get all weird and religious on me, you know, like I don't want to talk about it, but I'm sure you're a great person. Let's hang out. You know, we can all, Uh I'll be a part of the community. If they ever want parents to come down and volunteer for the fucking food bank thing. Like I'm all about it, dude. Um, I, I will totally do that. Uh, I just, you know, I just don't want to be preached to like, I just, I don't think you have to be um, fearful of the wrath of God to be a good person. So I'm all about being a good person, but I don't want to have all the fucking nonsense shoved down my throat, you know? Yeah, I remember my brother, uh, Justin, um, went to a church because he liked this one girl and she was like, it's important to me that you come to this church. So she went, he went to the church and they had a band there. And, uh, you know, he's really, really good at guitar. I don't know if you seen justin play the guitar he could fucking wail and he's got big long fingers and he like no it was like the classical guitar like he 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 can play classical guitar with a metal twist like he's fucking badass wow i haven't talked to him for a while but that um, sucks give him a call yeah i will give him a call um but he went to this one place and he was talking to the guys in the band and, and you know it's like every conversation centers around like well, you know, it's like when I'm playing, it's like I'm not playing, but like Jesus is playing for me, you know. And so like, it's like we don't have to include it in every conversation. It doesn't have to be like every just let it go, man. Let it go. Like it you is, can just enjoy you know, playing the guitar. Like Jesus is cool with that, you know? Like it it's it's all right, man. Like every time you take a bite of food, it's just like, "Oh, man, Jesus made that steak extra juicy." <laughs> it's, like, it's, like, it's like Jesus is chewing it for me. Yeah, it's like Jesus is moving my jaws <laughs> up and down. And like, yeah, like really, dude? Goddamn, get a life, be alive. Yeah, yeah, people take it too far and yeah. And they do that, of course, you know, in all religions and all kind of cultish kind of things and everything, but there is true I do think there's true religion. And that can be found in Christianity. There's true religion that can be found in Buddhism. There's and and there's false religion that can be found in Buddhism too. I've seen Buddhist sects that are completely bullshit. Um, but you know, if somebody gets something out of it, you know, who am I to say that they shouldn't go there? That that it is bullshit. You know. Yeah. But you know. Yeah, I've, I've fallen in um, that same camp uh, as I get older. When I was younger, I was like this militant atheist, uh, very vocal about it, and and. Uh, like I said, that becomes its own culty, religion-y kind of a uh, of a lifestyle, um, just mm-hmm. as much as any of the others. And as I got older, I've fallen in that same camp where I'm just kind of like, dude, I think religion's bullshit. But if any any individual finds uh, improvement of life or a source of happiness or community or enjoys going for any reason, who am I to fucking look down on yeah. that? You know what I mean? Like, dude, mind uh-huh. your business. Uh, um, 
let people do whatever they're going to do. And it's not my job to tell you what's right, what's wrong, what you should enjoy, what you shouldn't enjoy, what you shouldn't, you know what I mean? Um, yeah. yeah. When I was younger, I was very, very vocal about being against it and all that. And I still have all those feelings, but now I just, I think I should just keep them to myself, you know, like everyone should keep their fucking opinions to themselves for the most part. Um, you know, um, it's a good thing in general. It's fun to have conversations. Um, and it's, it's all right to say what you think, but you shouldn't do it in a, uh, I don't know, judgy, preachy way on any topic. Yeah, and it's like, look at look at the room that you're in and, and the conversation you're having and the situation that you're there and don't fuck it up. Like, yeah. don't shit all over it. You know, don't be like, oh, man, it's like Jesus, Jesus connect me well connected to me while I'm eating this apple. Or, you know, it's yeah. like, just don't don't do weird shit. You know, just be normal. Yeah. Um, whether no matter what your religion is, no matter what it is, and like, you know, uh to me that's that's kinda it. And yeah. Don't don't push don't push anything on me either. You know, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I I don't um, want to hear about it. Like if I go to one of these like Catholic school golf tournaments and I get, you know, squatted up with some dude who wants to talk about Jesus, I'll just be like, Look, man, um <laughs> I don't want to hear it. Like it's wonderful really, that you found really something you love. This. You know, like you're really fearing this one. Yeah, you see, you see some uh, some adversity coming in the future. Yeah, dude. Like I can't just not you're get like, involved. Gonna, uh, if my kids go in there, like I'm yeah. gonna go to all the shit, and uh, I'm just like, fuck, man. I'm sure they're all gonna be really, really nice people. Um, but I do imagine that scenario, or I think you're right. I even do. I have a little bit of fear of that scenario where I'm the outsider. It's like we're going to a Catholic school event, so I can't be all like, "Hey, what's with all the Jesus everywhere, man?" Like, <laughs> I'm the weirdo. Uh, but you know, all right. The big question. The big question. To wear sleeves or not to wear sleeves? Oh, I'll be me, dude. I'm gonna dress however I want to dress. I mean, oh yeah. You know, I mean, if yeah. it's if it's a nice thing, I would I would wear a long sleeve shirt in in any, uh, you know, religious or non religious kind of thing. But uh, and for the podcast to speak, I'm saying that because Mike has is tatted up on it. Oh arm. yeah, 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 yeah. So, dude, I know, tattoos are kind of so like not even a thing anymore. Whether they're, yeah. you know what I mean? It's more like, uh-huh. uh, I don't know, I don't know. Yeah, I don't think tattoos are much of a thing anymore. Yeah, yeah, probably. Not. You gonna get one? No, never. No. no, I don't think so. I've made it this far. I don't think I'm gonna. You getting any tats? I don't have. There's nothing I would. I want to get a tattoo. I of. think. I mean, I suppose I can get. You Esme should get name. a tomato. A, a tomato, a delicious a tomato, delicious tomato on, on your calf, like a nice. The calf is a very supple part of the body. It's a very nice, like smooth yeah. part of your skin, and you've got nice calves. Yeah. I'll, I'll say you've got great yeah. calves. You you played soccer Thank and we're, run, we're a runner and. You've got fantastic Thank calf you. muscles, and if you put a nice, yeah. delicious tomato tattoo on your calf, I think it would look good um, until you're well into your like nineties. <laughs> and by the time you're in your nineties, like who yeah. gives a fuck if your tomato gets wrinkly, you know? Or I can get a clothes hanger on my back. Or a VCR or something on my back. How a about VCR. That? Wow. Yeah, you date yourself. Yeah. I mean, dude, most people like walking around max. today would be like, "What? what's that, dude? <laughs> oh, it's a VCR. Oh, what's what's that? <laughs> like, oh, you used to watch movies. Like, yeah. uh, you didn't have Netflix when you were a kid? Like, you watched movies on that gigantic rectangle? Like, what? what how's that work? Yeah. That's uh, funny. 
Those were the days. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think I talked about a VCR earlier. We were talking about you chasing off an intruder with a super soaker full of vinegar. And I was like, I know I would drop the VCR and run. Like, who the fuck has a VCR? And if you did have a VCR, who the fuck would break in and steal it? You know, that's not exactly a high demand item. I'm not going to get a lot of crack money for a VCR. I didn't even hear you say that. I'm going to have to listen for that on the way back. Maybe it just soaked in subliminally. Yeah, it's it's soaked in like the vinegar being shot from your super soaker. Man, I'm going to send you a big vinegar surprise. You're going to open up that box. It's just going to spray vinegar everywhere. (laughs) Just in my face. It's just like, oh, a package from Derek. I wonder what it could be. Open it. (laughs) I'm going to get a phone with a cell plan. Uh, and then have it like set to record right when you open that box up, sprays vinegar. Oh man, that'd be worth his weight in gold. Just six times vinegar shot right in my nostril. Like, oh, that would... yeah, oh, dude, <laughs> that would be the end of us, Derek. We could no longer be friends after yeah. a, a, after an assault like that. <clears throat> I love you, man, but not like vinegar love. Yeah. No way. Yeah. All right. All right. Well, I'll use back on that. I guess. I guess. <laughs> oh my Maybe god. I'll just have some. Just throw some. Throw some. Uh. Uh. I don't know. Uh, ginger up in uh, your face or something. I hate ginger less than I hate vinegar. Um. Yeah. Because ginger is easy to avoid. Like you just don't eat it. So like when I met sushi and they inevitably bring wasabi and gi- fake wasabi and ginger. Uh, it just sits there. You know, the other person may or may not eat it. I'm certainly not going to eat it, but it doesn't hurt anybody sitting there. I can't even smell it, you know? But yeah. vinegar, ugh, like that will, that will do when my wife like cleans the, the, the fucking, the table or the baby tables in the kitchen while I'm in the living room watching TV. Like it just, it, 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 it arrests me. Like, I'm sitting there, and I'm, like, watching TV facing the other direction, and she squirts vinegar all over the surface, and I'm just kind of like, ah, what the fuck? Like, it just sucks. She's like, get over it, oh, pussy. Oh, dude, <laughs> pretty much, essentially. She's just like, I'm cleaning the table. Shut up, you know? And I'm like, God, yeah, I hate vinegar. It smells, like it smells vinegar, horrible. So and she's like, oh, God, just kind of whatever, dude. Like, shut up about the vinegar. But uh, I can't. I hate it that much. I can't I can't let it go. It's it's horrible. I don't know how other people don't feel more strongly about vinegar. Like is there something wrong with my nose where I'm smelling something more intensely than anyone else is cuz I hate it. Like if vinegar was a person I'd be punching it like all the time, you know? Like it's it's terrible. There's got to be a biological reason. Maybe your old tribe of people once got attacked by vinegar and that was like <laughs> the uh <laughs> that's how you guys survived. By the the vinegar cult would come to attack you. So as soon as you smell the vinegar cult, you're like, oh, you gotta get man. the hell out of here, guys. The vinegarians, and we were the we were the non vinegarites. Yeah, 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 yeah. Fuck the vinegarians. I hate those motherfuckers. Yeah, super soakers of vinegar. Oh, <laughs> they just attack our our tribe with their super soakers full yeah. of vinegar. <laughs> with their with their vinegar. That's what I'll do. Cry. That's what I'll do. I'll, I'll send your son for his birthday a super soaker. And I'll put. <laughs> Oh, put some vinegar in there. man. Ah, <laughs> oh, dude. Oh, I'm oh, such a dick. I'm dude, sorry. Dude, you would, too. I just fantasize of these ways that I can just torture you. I just love it. <laughs> I just stay I know. up at night. I just get this random photo from you of this horrible bottle of six times vinegar. Just like, hey, Mike, just thinking of you. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> fuck. 
Derek, with the lit up. With the did, did the lit up did it give you uh did it do what I wanted it to do the lid oh, up? Oh, uh, I I have to admit I didn't even notice the lid was up. Um okay. I was so revolted by just what it was that that I I turned away in disgust that I only looked at the image for as long as it took to realize it was vinegar and uh <laughs> And I think I threw my phone. I was he went like ah! recoiled in horror and like threw the phone. <laughs> you ran out of your house. <laughs> yeah, it was one of those. Yeah, and told my wife to like take it off, take it off, click the screen, like get it off of my screen, <laughs> delete that text, block that man. I can't return to the house until it's completed. And she's like, I didn't know you can get six X vinegar. I didn't know such a thing exists. <laughs> oh no! Oh no! Oh my God! Don't send it to Sarah. Like, just be like, hey, Sarah, have you tried this? It's amazing. Look, here's a link on Amazon. It can be there tomorrow. Like, it's six times vinegar. It's way stronger and better at cleaning and just as healthy for your children. She'd be like, you can dilute it if you want, but you don't have to dilute it. Oh, God, dude. Dude, that would be a nightmare. I might move. What is vinegar anyway? How is it made? It's Satan's Does it come from tears. like a vinegar plant? It's, no, dude, it's like hell in liquid form. It's <laughs> well, what is it? What's it? How is it made? It's got to be made from something, right? No it's not idea. Just putrid water. I have no idea. And fuck the person that invented or discovered it. Like, uh, <laughs> look it up, Mister Vinegar. <laughs> fuck you, Mister yeah, Vinegar. Fucking Hank Vinegar. Like, bitch. fuck that guy, dude. He's like, oh, he's a, he probably won the Nobel Prize or whatever. Like, man. <laughs> Take that shit back, dude. That guy's a horrible You're person. Get a time machine, go back there and kill him. <laughs> yeah, no, no, I won't kill him. I'll just go back in time enough to like prevent his mom from ever having sex with the dad, so that he's just never created. I wouldn't murder a person, but I would prevent him from ever living. Sure. Yeah. Hey, speaking <laughs> of that, how do you feel about abortion? Oh dear! Wow, <laughs> we were talking about from vinegar to abortion. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, are you asking me seriously? I, I guess, that? yeah. I'm, I'm curious. Like, do you have thoughts? Do you have strong feelings on abortion? Oh, yeah. I mean, strong feelings. Uh, I don't know about strong. I mean, there's, there's so many different aspects of it. Let me just put it this way, because a lot of people do have strong feelings, and they're bang on one side of it. Now, for me, I don't really care if you get an abortion. I mean, I don't think that it's like. A good thing i don't think like oh yeah i got abortion like that's that's the other side of it like i don't think it should be like um i, I don't think it's generally a good thing i think it's kind of like not good but i'm not against somebody doing it all right um so like you don't think we should or you think we should maintain the constitutional right to abortion uh federally well, it's not a con. It never was a constitutional right well, to have an abortion. That's not written in the constitution. No, no, no. It was. Uh, well, it was like decided by the Supreme Court uh, to protect abortion rights. To make basically, states had to make it available. I mean, they can. States certainly yeah. made it harder um, in some states, but they had to by federal mandate make it available they couldn't outlaw abortion in a state which now they can right right which which is not a constitutional right it's a judgment based on the constitution and the supreme court ah. is supposed to make all their judgments based on the constitution i gotcha so, okay so from a purist standpoint pushing it back down to the state level to me is the appropriate thing even though i know it's very controversial and like i said i don't you know, I'm not here to tell you what to do yeah, with your yeah, body. Yeah. I'm not I'm not like saying, Hey, you need to do that, you can't do that. Like 
it's not my business, you know, but I do think um, that ruling, I can see the reason for it. Uh, And, you know, the other part of abortion that I don't like is what happens afterwards with the aborted babies. They sell the parts. Nothing is wasted. It's disgusting. They sell the parts. Well, like everything, but don't the, the lungs. Isn't the, some of that used for like stem cell and like actual like good, right? Or I mean, are they selling it to like kinda, fertilizer but, companies? But or? some of it's put, a lot of it's put in, your, in vaccines. It's put in vaccines. And there's other places that it's put too that I, I won't go into right now, but none of it gets wasted. Um, and a lot of it, most of it's used for scientific experimentation, which I, I'm not for. I don't think that that should be right. I think generally speaking, after that happens, it should be completely discarded. There should not be a secondary market for fetal parts. I don't, that's the part I am pretty vehemently huh. against. Huh, I, guess I, I don't think that that should be happening. I guess I see that differently. Like, I feel like, okay, the abortion's going to happen. Um, and it's still going to happen, whether a state tells you you can or whatever. It always has. Um to be able to make use of material uh, for the betterment of society, assuming it is for the betterment of society, but for like scientific research to make things like, I think vaccines are generally a good thing. Um, treatments are a good thing. Stem cell research is, is a good thing. All that kind of stuff I think helps people and it helps advance our learning or our knowledge or our ability to help people should they choose that treatment or not. Um I, I think if we have this material, we have this aborted baby material, I think it's a good thing to use it rather than discard it. Now, when you say it from that perspective, like, I get your point, right? But there's, when there's a secondary market where they're making buku bucks on these aborted fetal tissues, then they actually encourage abortion because there's a market that needs to survive with these fetal parts. So there's actually, is that happening? It's become a big business. So these like, and, and I, that's, so these like, Hey, we want to, you know, um, you know, turn your aborted baby's feet into lawn fertilizer companies, like encouraging people through messaging or advertising or, or in some way they're encouraging people to get abortions or are they just, I think it's much, I think it's much darker than that. And, and if I got into it, uh, hmm. you wouldn't, you, I don't think it's a conversation that's really ready to be had totally. Um, but I, what I, what I can can say is that, um, there is a cohort. I do believe that there is a cohort of people and we're talking about cults. We've been talking about cults. There is a cohort of people that are very powerful that get off on this kind of stuff. Huh. They get off on, on murder and killing and, uh, reusing of parts and, um, uh, and it is it's it's another religion huh. um, on the other opposite end of uh, Christianity, Christian stemmed religions hmm. that are for that, that do like the killing. They enjoy the killing. Well, that part's of that. pretty and uh, sinister and out there. I guess I guess where my I, my mind doesn't go that that far with it. I guess I just think like uh, I, I believe in freedom and I believe that a woman should have the freedom to choose that if she wants a baby to grow inside of her or not, I, I, I would certainly want my daughter yeah. to have that choice. And I don't think abortion's a great thing. I don't think, 
anybody should, or I don't even think anybody is out there just like, oh, abortion's fantastic. Like, oh, that's just, that's my plan is I'm just going to fuck all the time and then have an abortion every time I get pregnant. Oh, there um, are, no, there are people that do, there are a lot of people that do that actually. Well, I mean, I'm sure they're the minority and pretty minimal. Like, I think most women mm. are pretty devastated if they, if they are even faced with the decision of I'm pregnant, do I want to keep it or not? That's a pretty rough decision for a woman to make, I think, in general. And then choosing abortion should be an option for them, but I doubt many of them look at it as like, oh, fuck yeah, awesome. Uh, but even the ones who do look at it like, fuck Most yeah, awesome. Maybe I, not, yeah. I, yeah. I think they should still have the freedom to choose that. Whether or not I think that makes them a bad person is irrelevant, but also my right to have an opinion about it. But I think everyone should have the freedom to make that choice. Like, I would never want to be told legislatively that I have to complete a process that my body starts. Like, yeah. If, if I feel like I need to poop and they're just like, hey, you have to poop, like you can't not poop legally, I would rebel against that and not want to poop. Uh, yeah. And be like, fuck you, you can't tell me I have to poop. Like, I'm going to hold on to this poop for like ever. And it's probably not a good analogy, but I just don't like being, I don't like the idea of someone being told. I imagine a woman who's pregnant that having the baby would put her in a terrible situation, psychologically, physically. Who knows? Whatever the circumstances are. And being faced with the decision of, man, I'm pregnant. I can't have this baby. What are my options? And then she happens to live in a state that decided they don't want to allow abortion. So then that poor woman has to make another set of decisions. It's even harder. Like, do I go to a different state? Do I go get it somewhere else? Do I do it in the fucking, you know, on the black market with the, the, the coat hanger or chemicals or however people have always done abortions for years? The super dangerous ways. Um all that is going to happen. Yeah. It's not like making something illegal yeah. causes people not to do it. We all know better than that. Um, yeah, I think I think it's it's. I think you're right. People should have the choice to, what to do with their own bodies, and it's absolutely ridiculous to make it illegal. Like, what are you going to put somebody in jail for that? You know, it's, yeah, it's enough. Yeah, you know, you'll you put got, doctors in jail, you and some, you'll force women like that who happen to live in like, I don't know, like in Alabama, who is probably going to be one of the first to outlaw abortion or already has, or I don't know. Um, the religious, the Bible belt states, you know, they're the ones that are going to, uh, make it illegal. They're also coincidentally, a lot of the same states that were enforcing Jim Crow laws right up until they were federally forced to end them. Uh, you know what I mean? So like if a state has the right to tell women they can't get an abortion, why shouldn't the state have the same right to say black people have to eat in different rooms or on different counters or use different restrooms or water fountains? Like, what's the difference, you know? Well, the you know, the flip side to that, though, too, is that, um, and you weren't on this side, but a lot of the people were, were was the vaccine mandate, you know? Oh, you have to get a vaccine. And it's like, I, I'm on that side. Like, how are you going to tell me what I need to do with my body? Like, no, you can't do that. Just like I can't tell you, you shouldn't get an abortion. You know, you can't That's an tell interesting me I need point, to Because I actually heard during that whole, when when the vaccine mandates were the hot topic, uh, I'm with you. I don't think the government should ever tell you like, hey, you have to stick this in your body. Like, whoa, fuck you, dude. Like, that's uh, not happening. I think that's yeah. terrible. That's big time government overreach. And um uh, I'm glad that a lot of states and a lot of people push back on that, and it basically went away because the government, I think, decided, like, well, this isn't worth fighting. Like, uh, this is the losing battle, and it's going to make us look like shit, and we hope to be reelected re one day. Um, so they backed off the government mandates. Well, 
it kind of went away, but I mean, sure. it devastated a For lot sure. of people. But a lot, a lot of people of... lost their jobs over that. And the airline industry is is forever oh. ruined because of that, because so many people yeah. quit. Yeah, but then the, but then the companies end up winning and never vaccine, had to really mandate vaccines. You know, so they, and, and uh, you know, yeah. So a lot of stuff was certainly stressed, but we came out of it without a federal vaccine mandate, so that's good. Um, but I, I during that heated period, I heard several um, right wing people use the phrase "I'm pro choice" to describe their political position regarding vaccines, and I always found that to be really like like super obviously pretty hypocritical to say I'm pro-choice and to choose that phrasing uh, when being pro-choice has so long meant something else. You know what I mean? Entirely not right-wing, a very liberal position, meaning uh, pro-choice, meaning a woman's right to choose, meaning uh, federally mandated abortion rights. And um, it's it's it struck me as strange to hear right-wing people say I'm pro-choice uh, when, well, yeah, but but you, you're you're also assuming that people who are voting Republican are anti-abortion. Well, and, largely and they I are. I know the media wants to. Well, the media wants to play that. I I vote uh, right, but I am not anti-abortion. I'm more libertarian. Dude, and I know I'm like, some liberals who, uh, you know, they're they're liberals in the sense that they probably vote Democrat. Um, they hate Trump. Um, you know, they're that kind of a liberal. Maybe not everything they do is in line with, with Democratic agenda, but they're certainly much more in line with Democratic agenda than Republican agenda. So they're liberal in that sense, at least in my opinion. Um, quite a few of them are ardent anti-abortion people because they're religious. And, and yeah, I think the, the religious factor. Mm-hmm. So I, I know a lot of those sorts of people, too. So I don't mean to say, like, oh, if you're right wing, you're for abortion or you're against abortion. And if you're liberal, you're you're for abortion. Because there's definitely a lot of crossover um, on that very heated topic. And, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, I, I even know one lady who is very liberal, super into the COVID and vaccine mandates and all of the Democratic agenda as far as the pandemic went and all of that kind of stuff. Fucking hated Trump and the whole thing. And then when um, the abortion thing started becoming a thing where it was like, hey, now the Republican majority supreme court may overturn roe v wade she was fucking all about it and she was basically like we need to keep them in power and to the degree of now i'm going to be voting trump um purely on the basis of uh anti-abortion support i was like wow it's that important to you huh that's crazy yeah well see here here's the thing is like the truth is not something that exists in one person you know the truth is like what do those people think and what do those people think? And the fact is, is that there's a large cohort of people that do think that that's a baby. And, um, personally, I don't know. Uh, I, I, you know, I'm, I'm certainly not, I don't think it's great to have like later trimester, uh, uh, abortions. I think it's, I think the whole thing is it sucks, but I'm not going to sit here and say, no, you can't do that. You know, it, it is something in their body. But the fact that though that peep there are people that do think that's a baby, like they are acting appropriate to them thinking. Well, there's that a that's strong a baby. argument to be made there. And like I don't think I agree with that line of thinking, but it's a strong argument. I mean, it will be a baby. At what point does it become a baby? Uh, I mean, at some point, a fetus in utero 
becomes viable to where if the baby was taken out of the the womb at that time the baby would live so it's a baby at that point right like i at what point does it become a baby you know it's these are all fucking yeah. very hard topics and i don't have all the answers dude um well and there there's not a whole answer to it and that's why you know it is more of a state issue but you know the illegal i don't know i mean i'm i don't see why it's a state not, issue how could how could the situation be different in one state versus another like this seems to me we need to something we need to agree on as a society um maybe even like globally i don't know how realistic that is but uh as a country certainly we should say here's our stance on something as important as you know abortion acceptability like well, I, I don't I don't agree with that, really, because I think I think uh, decentralization is the right way to go for um, maintaining the balance of power. Centralization is actually a dangerous thing in the long run, I think, because power usurps centralization and it corrupts in centralization. But decentralization is uh, safer for people's liberties in the long run. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying that, you know, uh the abortion thing is definitely, I know that's such a hot button topic. And like I said, I, it's not on me to tell anybody what they should do with their body. It's, you know, but you know, the fact are, there are people that see that as a human and, you know, I can't really say, no, you can't see that as a human. You're not going to be able to change their mind that way. And that's how they're acting. And it, and it reflects on how they act. And, you know, I, I don't know. There is no simple answer for this. No, one. it's tough because you but. can make the argument both ways um, to say, like, well, it is a human. OK, if it's a human, it has rights. Uh, all right. But it's growing inside of another human that also has rights whose rights prevail. And all of it. it's 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 a fucking gnarly argument. But I think the sad reality is, is um, that sometimes it's necessary and it's not our place to judge when that's necessary. And a certain amount of freedom has to be bestowed on the person whose decision it ultimately is, whether or not you tell her it's legal or not, it's still her decision, um, what she's going to do. Um, Mm -hmm. because that mom could do all sorts of things. She could go somewhere else and get it. She could get it illegally. She could jump off a fucking building and end both the lives. You know what I mean? Like it's always up to her and, and those are fuck decisions to make. And those, Women should be yeah. given all the freedom within an acceptable boundary and all the support and and uh, all of the understanding that something of that seriousness um, requires. You know, that's kind of where I land on it. And the few bad apples who yeah. use it as a tool or think lightly of it, like, I don't know, that's probably just inevitable in mm-hmm. so many aspects of life. Um, but the freedom is essential, I think. Yeah. I, now, I will say I don't think the taxpayer money should be paying for it. I don't think it should be like funded by a taxpayer money. I mean, is it? Yeah, it's yeah. Well, women's it's services subsidized. in general are subsidized just like any male health services, but abortion itself is not. Is it not? I thought Planned Parenthood. No, I think does that's for, well, and I, I, I've never opened their books, but I think that's a big misunderstanding. Is that Planned Parenthood itself is government funded? But I think obviously a lot of other health services um some of which are unique to women are subsidized by uh tax dollars but everyone gets tax uh, I think subsidized Planned parenthood is is pretty heavily subsidized by the government uh, well i'm cool that our tax dollars go to a lot of bullshit anyway um i think it's important for women to have that and I think it's weird, too, like the, the the standard response of it seems weird for guys to be the ones deciding. And, yeah, women play a role in government, 
but it is predominantly men who make these decisions. Yeah. And that part uh, seems super weird, you know? Yeah, that's, yeah, it, exactly. That's, that that's a very paternalistic a... thing that I, I would like to think our society has moved past, but we clearly haven't. You know, we're still a very paternalistic uh-huh. society. And uh, yeah. I don't know, that all that part just feels kind of gross. Yeah, no, that's so true. It's like, yeah, it's easy for a man to stand up and say, no, you can't yeah, do that. Yeah, oh, sorry, honey, you got to uh, have that baby. To, like, <laughs> You got to stick it back in your pants, but I'd have sex with you in a heartbeat. Yeah, I yeah, could. yeah, my official stance is stop being a whore, but uh, call me later, you're pretty cute. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, there's a... What are you doing later? A whole yeah. lot of that shit. Yeah, totally. Uh-huh. Well, D, yeah. uh, I got to run. This has been so much fucking fun, dude. I love Yeah, man. I love doing this. I'm glad we got back together. I'm sorry it's been so long, but um Yeah. I'm really yeah, glad to no, have uh, cranked out a fun show with you, man. Absolutely, bro. Absolutely, man. It's been great. Yeah. All right. Well, so, sweet. Yeah, so let... we'll uh, we'll get into another one next week. We'll we'll figure out what day and all that. We'll uh, try our best to do be regular again and uh give everyone who cares about us uh, an opportunity to, to to count on us to be a little more regular than we have been lately. So, thank you for everyone for sticking around and um uh, it's a great time. We really appreciate you being here. Yeah, you'll get your fibrous intake of Derek and Mike now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Our uh, <laughs> our infusion of shopping for the right preschool and uh, our opinions on killing babies. Yeah, so we're, uh, <laughs> oh, we're pretty well rounded. <laughs> yeah. All right, Sweet, brother. man. Love right. talking to you. All Take right, it easy, you too, man. man. All right, later, bro. All right, later. Bye. You've got fantastic calf muscles, and if you put a nice, delicious tomato tattoo on your calf. I think it would look good um, until you're well into your, like, 90s. Hey, this is Mike. Thanks so much for joining us. We really, really do appreciate you. And we hope you're enjoying the show. Derek and I sure have a ton of fun doing it for you. If you'd like to support the show, that would be great. Um, You could follow or subscribe to the podcast in your favorite podcast app. Uh, Also, if you want to like the show or leave a good review, that would be cool. Let us know we're doing a good job. We'd appreciate it. Uh, In most podcast apps, you can also click the little bell icon thing, and that means you'll get a notification on your phone every time we put out a new episode. So that's kind of cool. Also, if you want to reach out and say what's up, we'd love to hear from you. You can hit us up on Twitter, at Derek and Mike Pod. We're also on Instagram, as Derek and Mike. Or you can go to our website, DerekandMike.com. And if you want to go super old school and antisocial, you could even shoot us an email, info at DerekandMike.com. Thanks again for listening. We really, really do appreciate you, and we look forward to talking to you again next time.